Hello and welcome to Dodge and Sleep, the podcast from some very tired boys watching and talking Dodgers baseball in what is very much the wrong time zone. And to keep you all on your toes, we are now on our third host in as many episodes, which is me, Adam. And joining me today to talk about the last week for the reigning world champions, it's Leon. Hi, mate. How are you? And good. And Ian, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? <clears throat> Right, I thought um, we'd start this week's episode with a quick dip into uh, the sweep against the Rockies, partly because we've got so much to talk about in the last two games that I want to concentrate on them rather rather than um, skipping it entirely. Um, so just one, um, a couple of your highlights, really, from uh, the Rockies series. Anything for you, Leon? Um, the, the starting pitching, uh, again, very good. Um, the only real struggle, I guess, was was Julio gave up a few runs. But other than that, the, the they've looked so sort of solid in the last little week or so. Even carrying it on into the Padres games, which obviously we'll cover later. Yeah, so the starting pitching is, is a particular highlight. I don't think the offence has been particularly hot. Um, obviously not as good as we were the first couple of weeks, um, but we're still getting the job done in a, in a very sort of solid way. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Just, just the you know the, the, the way that they, they seem to be sort of cruising through games is, is really pleasing to see at the moment. Yeah. Uh, any highlights for you, Ian? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, Leon's touched on it there. You know, Trevor Bauer one hit through seven innings pitched. That was that was uh, that was superb. I think he said it himself in a uh, in, in a post game interview that he was one sliding play away from a no no uh, that day. It was all going um, all going very well for him. Um, yeah, I think Angry Kenley came in, picked up a save. We like to see that. That was uh, uh, that was superb. Um, now I must admit it's been a bit of a, a a bit of a blurry week, and things have merged together. But um, it was the Justin Turner Nachos thing that was against the Rockies. Yeah, was, I was, was I was going to bring that up. That was a nice little highlight from the week, wasn't it? Uh, obviously, yeah, it was I mean, uh, just Justin Turner's a beast right now. Yeah, so. he is on fire. He's pretty much carrying my fantasy team uh, this season. Uh, would, would you take a, uh, a, a Justin Turner home run in, in exchange for nachos all across your uh, your jacket? Oh yeah, definitely. No, no doubt about it for me. <laughs> no doubt about it. I think I'd, I'd probably I, I'd, I'd never wash the jacket again though. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd frame uh, he, it. I'd frame he, he it with a tweet the ball. of mine once. Basically, best mates now, mate. <laughs> um, I guess with the price of having eaten at Dodger Stadium as well, the, the, the cost of those uh, sweatshirts were probably less than the nachos that that guy had ruined. And he became a meme for a couple of days, as as, as you do, sort of uh, being a baseball fan, catching balls in, in your uh, in your nachos. Yeah, um, I was a big fan of uh, the win on Jackie Robinson Day last week uh, on the Rockies. A nice comeback win. It was uh, always nice to see. Always nice to win on Jackie Robinson Day, isn't it? So pretty good going. All in all, with the Rockies. Now, after the homestand, um, we took a short trip to Dodger Stadium South. So the first of series... undefeated, undefeated homestand. Oh. Six and O at home this season. Just oh, want to make sure that gets a mention. Well, we we, we travel to everyone's new favourite team, the San Diego Padres. Uh, hotly tipped as the matchup of the season, and well, it's not really disappointed, has it? It's 
probably been the best two games this season in the entire league, would you say? I mean, I haven't watched every game this season, um, but uh, it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been entertaining. You know, there's there's no doubt about it. The the first game um, by far, uh, the, the 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 opener against them was it was just a fantastic advert for baseball. And anyone who says that baseball is boring needs to be shown that game uh, straight away because it was it was all over the place. Um, I mean. I don't know. I might, I might, I might refer to Leon to pull out some specifics, but um, it was that, that game just had absolutely everything. It was, I, yeah. It, to me, it kind of felt like October baseball. I know there's a, there's a lot. Of, you look on Dodgers Twitter, a, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the Padres are calling it a rivalry. It's not to us, but that game sort of underlined it a little bit that it is going to be a rivalry going forward. Um, you could see how desperately the Padres wanted to win it, and. I think obviously our guys wanted to win it as well, but we're not showing as much emotion as they are. Um, but in, in terms of you know watching games myself, that was it was it was quite hard work given you know what, what the way it panned out. Um, I'll happily admit I rage quit a couple of times, um, <laughs> you know, and felt that's it. We've blown this one. Um, I'll, I'll check in on the morning to see how, how badly we lost, and then you know they turned it around so well. That that home run from Corey Seager was. Just absolutely shifted the momentum completely. Um, coming off, off, you know, off the bases loaded with a couple of times, uh, Santana, you know, he was pumped up big time. Um, it was great. It was really good, really, really fun to watch. Uh, but I say it was quite tough to watch as well, just because of the, you know, the uh, the way it swung back and forth. It, it did look like we'd, we'd, we'd blown it a couple of times, but yeah, to come back on that that beginning, and it, it, I think Scott in the in the group chat mentioned it kind of turned into a bit sort of clownish at the end with uh with what was going on the way that Jace Tingler was sort of managing it. Um, you know, David Price flying out to, to Joe Musgrove off off a pitch from the second baseman was was bizarre. But quite interesting to see at you know at this early stage in the season as well. Mm, yeah. Do you think it is a rivalry now then? It is, yeah. Um given, you know, the the moves that the Padres made, they they were chasing us down. Those those moves were to catch us. Uh, not to secure a wild, wild card spot, and then the fact that we've then gone out and blown such a huge amount of money on Trevor Bauer as well. It's it's intense. You saw it last night with uh, with Kershaw and, and Profar as well. The last few games we've now played with them, there's been <laughs> either benches clearing or benches threatening to clear. And yeah, mate, mate, you know they've got a very very good roster. Um, we've got a better roster. They're going to beat us at some stage, but at the moment that they, they 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 can't catch us, and it's it's entertaining to see. Uh, but yeah, it, that that is probably our rivalry going forward this season. Giants have started well, but yeah, Padres, and I love it as well. It's it's great to have you know that sort of competition in the division. I, I look at it um, in terms of the, the rivalry right now. I think you know uh, the Giants have started quite well, no doubt about it. They're winning some games. Um, I think you could make a strong case right now that the first and second best teams in MLB are in the same division and that it is ourselves and the Padres. Um, so the Padres have to, they have to be aggressive. They have to go after, uh, they have to go after players and they have to come for it. And I think to be honest with you, the only way that the Giants become our um, main rivals again in the short term is if they pick up Carlos Correa and then we have a reason to hate them again. <laughs> well, that'd be one way for us to hate them again, wouldn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, there's. I mean, there's an argument for the Padres as well that, with, with particularly with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., you can see the intensity that he's playing with, and it sometimes feels that he's playing. He's, he's too intense. 
he's really swinging through everything. At the, obviously, apart from the one that he caught the other day that he put sort of 400 feet in the outfield. He's, he's, he's making a lot of errors as well, whether that's the injury or just whether that is, you know, the, the pressure of, of trying to do so well against the Dodgers. So that's, you know, I, I think that's a factor which is, is you know, causing problems for the Padres in that they're, they're too hyped. Yeah, I think, I think there's an element of that with, with Tatis. Uh, sorry, Adam. That's um, sorry, you can. There's an element of that with Tatis because, like, I think one of the things that um, he's always made, I, I would say, in terms of the stats, he's always made quite a high amount of errors. But his his range at short is probably better than most, so he gets to balls that plenty of shortstops wouldn't. Uh, and I think actually the, the the one that was hit in the gap between short and third that he fielded on the backhand and then threw away into right field, um, I think plenty of shortstops don't get there in the first place and don't have the opportunity to make the error. Um, and I think that's just something to keep an eye on. I mean, for me, um, he's 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 been rushed back. I mean, as someone who has played baseball at a far lower level than, well, virtually anybody in anywhere ever, um, I can't imagine um, trying to swing a baseball bat in anger um, after the injury that he had. Let alone, I mean, fair play to him. He came back and he hit a home run in his first at-bat following his injury. But I really think that the Padres need to protect their investment and need to wrap him up a little bit and protect him uh, a bit, a bit better than they have. They, if you remember back to the uh, playoffs last year where they, um, they brought Clevenger in and Clevenger's uh, missing the majority of this season, I think, you know, because he was, he, he was brought, you know, he, he was, he was pitching while injured. And I kind of think the Padres need to take a look at themselves and just think, right, you know, we actually, it, it's, it's bigger than right now. It's bigger than a three-game series at home against the Dodgers. Um, and they need to be looking at the bigger picture because I I do think that, you know, you, if you give them a chip and a chair, uh, to use a p- poker terminology, uh, in the playoffs, they're a dangerous team that, that other teams won't want to play. And we have to get past them to get to the World Series. Uh, they have to get past us uh, to get to the World Series. Um, so I just think that's, that's something to to bear in mind with them is that I, I don't think that they're necessarily managing that aspect particularly well, but it's something that they can quickly um, sort out and organise themselves with. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much what I was going to say. So you uh, nailed that one. <laughs> That's all right. Um, right. Okay. Let's talk about some of the finer points of the game then. Um, how, what about, okay, let's go to uh, Kenley Corner. I think it's going to be a regular feature. We're going to talk about him a lot. Um, you, one of you mentioned Angry Kenley earlier. He wasn't so good on Friday night when he came in. Is this just Kenley Jansen now, the double-sided that he is? One night he's good, one night he's not so good. He, he did pitch. He pitched all right for me in the ninth on a, on, on Friday. Um, obviously, the walk to Machado wasn't ideal, and then what happened off the back of that with with you know the pass ball and the uh, the missed tag from from Seager's probably exacerbated the problem. Um, there's such an intense spotlight on him. I think we've touched on it a couple of times already as well. Um, in, in previous podcasts, you know, there's so much pressure on Kenley. Um, there was other factors in that game that that didn't go well, but it, it all falls back to Kenley. There was a few errors that were made. Um, we, the bats weren't particularly hot either, um, but everyone's spotlight is going to drop on Kenley Jansen for that for that single run that that crossed the plate in the uh, in the, in the ninth inning. Luckily, this time the boys, you know, backed him up uh, and managed to get the win. 
I do have concerns now, sort of going forward, mostly from a sort of a confidence point of view. Because um, if he has one good save and then you know blows a save in, in another game, it's it's not going to be great. Sort of you know for his for his own sort of his own sort of mind going forward. But I think as again as we mentioned in previous podcasts, we've got such you know such depth in that in in the bullpen that we you know I, I think we do the, the whole ball, bullpen by committee going forward. I think I think it'll pr- probably take another couple of blown saves potentially. But then I think Roberts will probably pull the cord and, and say you know Price is going to get this one. Canable's going to get the next one. Victor Gonzalez is going to get the next one. Um, I, I, I would love Kenley to be on form every single time, but it, it just you know it's, there's something missing uh, at the moment which which needs solving. I think going forward. So do you think he needs booing again, like he did on Wednesday night? Was was it Wednesday when he came in and he got booed? Yeah, helps it. Yeah, it to switching him, didn't it? And we're, we're yeah. of course, you know some 94, 95 mile an hour pitches again, which again, in fairness, we did see. Uh, on Friday night, it was just his command to Machado was a bit spotty. Um, and then, you know, Machado, you, we saw hustle from him that we haven't seen um, before. Uh, he was on a mission to get around those bases and he did it. Um, obviously, you know, it wasn't the cleanest hit from Hosmer in the end as well, but it, it added to the drama of one of the best baseball games that we've seen in, in, in a regular season for a long time. Uh, and as I say, we won it in the end, so it, it all worked out okay. Doesn't look great in the stats, in you know, as a blown save. But ultimately, again, the depth that this team has meant that we could, you know, we, we came back and secured the win anyway. Yeah. But talking of that depth, um, we saw Dennis Santana come in, who looked incredible against Tatis, and then David Price came in with uh, getting a win after getting a save the night before. Some good depth, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, I mean. Um, uh, Leon mentioned there about the bullpen by committee. I think we're already we're already seeing that um, to, to quite a degree. I think this week, um, I think four Dodgers have got picked up a save this week. Um, it might be going back slightly, slightly maybe eight days to get the to get the four save. But I'm pretty sure that um, Knable, Jansen, uh, Gonzalez, and Price have all picked up saves uh, in, in in the last seven or eight days. So we're already we're already seeing that. Uh, obviously, there is a the blown save to Johnson uh, mixed in there. But yeah, the depth is ridiculous to have that that many guys to that many guys to go to. Um, loved seeing angry Danny Santana as well the other day. Um, you know, I think it's we, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we spoke about how he, you know, how does he fit in? And I just think he does fit in. You know, the way that he's the way that he's come up, it's like he's been there. Uh, it's like he's been there for a while. He just fits in. Um, I think I was low-key impressed with Max Muncy's Max Muncy in that situation. I don't know if you saw how he charged from first base because he knew they needed Santana in the game. And I think he knew that Santana wouldn't back down from that. So we had mm. to remove him from the situation. Um, so I was really impressed with Max Muncy's, uh, Max Muncy's sort of management of that and, and getting himself in the way. Uh, and I just think there's, I just think, as well as the depth in pitching, as well as the depth in hitting, I think we've got just such phenomenal depth in leadership as well. Mm. I think if there's, you know, if uh, a couple of games this week we didn't have um, bets, we've not had Bellinger for a, uh, for a while now. Um, Seager, uh, Seager's missed a couple of games, or, or at least certainly sat one out. Um, and it's just like, oh well, there'll be someone else who can organise the team. 
there's just so, there's just so much there's just so much there and and honestly right now it's hard to, it's hard not to get carried away um because you see guys like uh Luke Rayleigh come in um and you know he he did all right this week um he picked up his first home run um you see it's, it just seems like every rookie we bring in just starts performing straight away. I'm not; they don't necessarily stay there, and I think we've seen that a little bit with uh, Matt Beatty, um, with the way he's struggled a little bit this year. He seems to be hitting the ball very flat. He seems to be he seems to be hitting a lot of grounders. Um, he's making contact, but he's not doing what he was doing uh, in 2019. Um, but I just I, I just I think I saw I saw something fantastic uh, where it was um, uh, the Padres can go out and and sign uh, Mike Trout for five hundred million a year and it'll be like lol we signed we drafted Zach McKinstry in the thirty third round um, you know and yeah we, we, I can't believe I can't believe we've got this far through the podcast without mentioning Zach McKinstry to be honest uh, he he's uh, uh, he's a, he's another particular highlight still. The, the comfort with the, with which he's always sort of come into the team is, is just exceptional. I think it really is a credit to you know the, the 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 Dodgers as a whole that they develop players like McKinstry who will then come in and and lead the team in you know in RBIs and home runs and and, and just look very good and look like a major league ball player straight away. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Luke, obviously, Luke Rayleigh started well as well. Um, I think you should touch on with Matt Beatty. It's it's a bit of a worry. But you know, this there's, there's time for him to get it right. We're still very early in the season. Uh, he's not starting all the games. He's you know he's a, he's a pinch hitter really uh, at this point. But yeah, you, you you just have every guy that comes up from you know from the taxi squad or you know even going forward, okay, uh, going backwards, OKC, you've just got the confidence that they're gonna sort of show up and and, and do something and and, and be a, a quality ball player. Um, and yeah, as I say, everyone that has come up so far is, is really impressed. Yeah, you can't um, fault the drafting, scouting, and player development, really, can you? It's it's probably best in the league. Would you? I would probably go saying that. I don't think you can dispute it. I think, um, I, I, you know, even uh, I think the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays um, are probably high on that list uh, in terms of their scouting. But they, the the difference and what make what means the, what makes the Dodgers able to continue to compete is that they can back it up with they can back it up with signings they can back it up with budget and potentially they're able to re-sign their their draft picks you know long term down the line and I think you've seen some of that from from other teams um Ronald Acuna sold himself way short uh you know in terms of his rateable value uh you know for the Braves I think but at the same time he had an opportunity to Secure his future um, and secure his family's future, um, you know. And why? Why? I guess. I guess if we're if we're offered a hundred million or however much it was, I guess we probably all all take it at that age. But um, when you when you've seen some of the other signings, uh, and you, you can make a strong case for Ronald Acuna um, being well, he's definitely a top three four player. You can make a case for him being the top player uh, in 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 the league right now. Um, so the difference for the Dodgers is, is that they're able to, to, to back up their draft signings with, uh, with the right 
imports and able to um, offer long-term deals to to the people that they bring up. So fingers crossed for Seeger and Bellinger, Seeger and Bellinger, um, not not all. Um, apparently Friedman's having a, having a rethink. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember reading a couple of weeks ago uh, that we are number one in the league with with um, draft draftees making the the forty man roster. So it's, I think it's definitely definitely a good thing. Right. Um, okay. Have we missed anything on that the Friday night game? Uh, there was Canable, Canable's uh, inning. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had a bit of an iffy inning, didn't he? Yeah. So uh, he's human. Is that what we're saying? I, it looks like that. Yeah, it was. It was not great, was he? He just didn't seem to have any command, really. Yeah. Again, he's coming into you know a situation where in, in such a tense game, maybe it was a case of him sort of overthrowing a little bit, and you know a team that is was facing a team that is desperate to beat us. They really are desperate to beat us. Um, I think I, I tweeted something this morning, just showing you know every every time we play them, how you've got that blank expression of a, of a Padre after a, a Dodger has done something extraordinary to end the game. You know, be it home run, a stolen, you know, a catch in the uh, in the outfield, a ridiculously good catch as well from Mookie last night. Um, they they just can't find a way to beat us at the moment, uh, and it's 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 it is wonderful to see. Yeah, as I say, I mean, Knable, that was the first time he's he's, he's struggled for me, but um, again, it's just the ability of the rest of the team to bounce back and. And lift their man and put out the team in a, in a winning position. You know, we we instantly came back and, and, and Mookie. You know, um, Mookie scored a run. Um, I think it was, was it Mookie that scored. It's, you know, it seems like it was Turner that scored the run, wasn't it? In the, yeah, in the, did, I mean, the ninth. Yeah, there's just such strength in depth that can cover you know issues like that. Uh, the fact that we've lost two games at this point in the season sort of really shows that. And they're, they're probably both games that where we've beaten ourselves. Um, Every other game, we haven't really looked like we're struggling, to be honest. Um, you know, there's the odd dodgy inning. Price started badly in, you know, his first start well, when he first came in in, in Colorado, but he's really settled in nicely. Um, Jimmy Nelson's looking better now at this point. Um, so there's there's odd little bits where we are struggling, but we're, we're you know, it's just so good overall at the moment. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, right. Um, talking of good pitching. We move on to last night's game, and it was some vintage Kershaw who just, well, just pitched an absolute gem. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's multiple starts in a row now. You know, going back to Oakland, you gave up a run in the first inning there. Um, Nationals, no runs there. And it was, you know, and last night again, just looked really good. Um, you know, striking out the, the, the face of baseball three times. And, you know, again, I, I think we're all pretty worried about him after spring training. That was a Kershaw that you very rarely see. Giving up, I can't remember who we played in the last game. I think it's possibly the Brewers, uh, where I think it was nine runs he gave up. And he, you know, I, I admit I was like, "Is this the beginning of the end of Clayton Kershaw?" Colorado, it was a bit of a rocky start, but I think we probably all expected that as well. That's a nice little pun there. Um, but then since since then, he's he's looked fantastic. He's looked really good, and it, it's great to see. Especially, you know, last night I think you know. Again, as, as I've touched on a few times here, this is a team that is desperate to beat us. Uh, so for him to keep those bats quiet was was really good to see. Yeah, and yeah, he and he uh, drives in a run with a walk as well when batting. So can't argue with that. I mean, it was like a nine pitch at bat or something like that, wasn't it? 
yeah, he really, really sort of dug himself in. Did the, his little batting squat as well at the end, which you know reduced the strike zone a little, a little bit. It was nice to get it off uh, off Darvish as well because I think Darvish's only RBI was a walk against the Cubs back in the uh, in the NLCS. So it's like poetic sort of justice for it to come off uh, off Darvish. I would have liked to have seen you know the line drive and, and, and play two runs, but you know beggars can't be choosers. Well, point. I wanted my home run that I predicted uh, in the first week <laughs> of the season. So, but I'll take a walk for now. He's just walking. We're working his way up for that home run. Well, I suppose we should probably mention Turner, who hit another home run. Uh, he's just incredible this April. He's making me want to go on his diet. He doesn't hit home runs in April, though. Where's where's this all come from? It's that new magical diet. It's it's working wonders for him. I had plain cornflakes this morning. I'm starting. No, no milk in the cornflakes. Uh, he's been he's been superb just in turn this year. Um, I think um, when he turned, I think I mentioned it on on the on one of the earlier episodes. But um, when he turned up, um, looking clearly slimmed down, I was like, I was a bit concerned about a lack of power. Um, well, clearly that's not the case. Um, I think, I think I understand. You know, uh, for someone who, um, as someone who is still trying to to, to play the game um, despite advancing years, I think I understand the sort of refocus on on on, on your body and on fitness um, a, a little bit. And I think it just seems to have worked for him. Um, I, he hasn't looked phenomenal at third he hasn't looked bad at third but he hasn't looked phenomenal at third he certainly had a couple of uh, a couple of shaky moments in the in, in, in the early games but um he's more than made up for any sort of defensive uh woes um with with the bat i mean honestly he at, at times he's he's just carried the team I, i'm not entirely sure where his batting average is at right now um but it's 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 high and he's hitting for power as well. Um, it's it's just it's it's great to see in someone who, who I think is uh, thirty six years old. I think even with that home run last night, it was uh, you know it was the timing that he's always had. It, it didn't even seem like a full home run swing. It was timing, and there's obviously some you know advanced power behind it because it absolutely flew out the ballpark. And it was it was such a massive home run, given you know how tight that game was. Just gives you that little bit of a buffer, uh, you know that 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 we needed at that point. That you know that extra boost for the team as well. Um, I mean, just going back to his batting average, he's hitting four twenty six. So you know, my outlandish sort of prediction was was Seager hitting three fifty at the uh, at the, the All Star break. I sort of reserve the right to change that to Justin Turner, given the way he's going at the moment. Um, you know, he had a, he had a really an amazing on base streak as well, which I think he broke in in in, in the week. But he, again, he's just such a, a leader for that team, and you know the added power in in April is 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 an additional bonus, which you know is is again great to see. In twenty seventeen, Turner um, started uh, well. He didn't start off so great, but he he had a sort of late surge. So he was always he was always hitting well in terms of batting average, but he started to pick up the home runs um, maybe halfway towards the the All Star game, and he and he got he got voted in quite late to to that All Star. Is is thirty six year old Justin Turner going to make the All Star team this year for the NL? Yeah, if he's a shoe in, surely at this rate. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be. I mean, four twenty six. If he can maintain, I mean, I think he's doing it quite quietly as well. Um, everyone knows Justin Turner. He's, he's hits for good average. Um, 
you know, I haven't seen much chat about just how well he is hitting at the moment. I don't know how he's doing sort of overall. I think there's Josh Harrison who's hitting sort of 526 or something ridiculous for the Nationals at the moment. But, you know, if, if he carries on playing like this, how can you not have him in the uh, in the All-Star team? I think you'd struggle not to pick um, several players, <laughs> several players right now. I think you could, uh, I think uh, Dave Roberts is the manager, obviously, is the... Uh, well, as the as the as the World Series winning manager, but uh, NL uh, NLCS winning manager, um, but yeah, I think I think we could see, I think we could see three or four Dodgers in the starting lineup. Um, obviously, it, it, you know, it's a public vote, um, and there are always certain marquee players who pick up votes regardless of how they're performing. I, I mean, I think you know, you could almost. Seager's playing phenomenally right now, but you could see Tatis winning that because he's the face of baseball. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, it, it is it, it is what it is. Seager will, Seager will, if he's fit and he carries on playing the way he's playing, he'll he'll be in in the team um, that goes. But I just think the, the All-Star game, which uh, is, is it's actually in Colorado, isn't it, this year now? Yeah. Um, and uh, I just think that's the NL team... I mean, just the thought of it. The NL team is is scary. Um, it could be potentially one of the strongest All Star lineups since I think there's that was in I can't remember. I think it's two thousand and three um, where they uh, I think they had a a, um, a busload of legends there um, uh, to to greet this year's lineup, and that lineup was like um, Bonds, Maguire, um, <laughs> Sosa. I, I can't remember. I can't remember who else was in it, but it was it was just a ridiculous. You know, it was so stacked. And I think Pedro Martinez was pitching for the AL. You know, it was yeah. It's, it's this could be the, this could be the, one of the best All Star uh, All Star uh, games in a while. We should start a movement to get a full full starting line with Dodgers like the uh, the Royals did that one time. Yeah, it was, it was all Kansas City Royals plus Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, you could possibly do that, and the yeah. Dodgers could possibly win a best of the rest anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that yeah, I mean, we're, we're what it's 826 is the win percentage, or something crazy at the moment, it's something mad like that. But I mean, I mean, there's so many players who are just under the radar brilliant as well. So, like, Max Muncie has just impressed me no end at first base this year. Yeah, there's, there's been a, there's been a clear sort of improvement in his game. He's um, making plays that he would not have made last year or the year before. I, I, there was a play last night. Oh, I think in the seventh, I think, and he just a brilliant, a bad throw from Trinant, and he just jumped up, caught it, got the out, and it was something I've never seen him do before. Yeah, in in some of the early games, he uh, he sort of you know helped out the National League third base uh, all-star for 2021, Justin Turner, a few times. Uh, Turner's arm was a bit a bit dooky at the, uh, in, the, in the early days and Muncy was, you know, dragging stuff out of the air, applying tags, you know. He, he, he really has impressed me. And it's, it's a much better experiment than the Jack Peterson uh, first base experiment, which we uh, went for a couple of years back. Oh, yeah, never forget that. That was awkward. Yeah, that, that, was, that was one bit of player development which the Dodgers got horribly wrong. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit of entertainment for like five games, wasn't it? It was bizarre. Yeah, it was absolutely bizarre. God, God bless Jack Peterson and he's, he's 116 batting average in, uh, in Chicago. Yeah. I, hope he, I hope he does work out for him there. Yeah, I really want it to work out for him. But I mean, I think every Dodger fan in the, on the, in the world saw 
him just collapsing massively after that spring training. We knew, we knew it was coming. Uh, the only other thing we've not talked about is the Mookie catch, which I mean, he just continues to justify that incredible contract that he's got. I think it's. Uh, I mean, it, it. I think. I mean, so I've, I've watched that about maybe fifteen times today. Um, I uh, I watched it first thing. Uh, I watched it first thing this morning, so I, d- I didn't catch the. I didn't catch the end of the game last night um, because I was uh, I was I was working late and I couldn't manage to, I couldn't manage, I actually went to sleep during Kershaw's at bat um, when he got the uh, when he got the first uh, the first walk and it sounds like a weird thing to do but it wasn't a voluntary decision I just fell asleep <laughs> um, but yeah and then I, I've, I've just keep, I keep watching that catch um, because I don't understand how he makes it um, the read on the ball is is phenomenal. Um, in terms of, I, I mean, I've not seen any stat cast breakdown of it, but it just seems like the um, the, the route um, that he takes to the ball, or routes for any Americans listening that he takes to the ball, uh, is so incredibly efficient. The read from the read off the bat that he gets is it's inhuman. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and how he runs that ball down and gets there, and not only that how much it means to him once he's caught that ball you know it's it, it's just it's just fantastic I know? think and it, for, for me um, there was a picture from behind home plate um, which is again is another sort of example of how well the, the, the Dodgers set themselves up and the work that goes in behind the scenes because uh, he was you know Mookie had really shaded himself to in, into a sort of right field obviously in, you know They've got their hitting charts and that sort of thing, so he he knew where that ball was going. Um, but to get there and, and you know to to get his glove under the ball, and then to cradle it as well, because you know it was very close to coming out. It was it was just an extraordinary baseball situation. You know, I've got a little thing where I was I'm refreshing tweets constantly at the end of uh, end of Dodgers games, and I saw a tweet which came through because obviously the stream's a few seconds behind, and it just said whoa, and I knew instantly that you know that's that's either a three run home run and we've lost the game or or something, you know, that's one of our, our fielders has done something crazy. And I, it was just an exceptional baseball play again. Um, we've not had him long at all. Um, so it was a 60-game season last year, and we're, you know, 15 games into this one. Um, so no, nowhere near a full season. The amount of highlight plays that we've got from Mookie Betts already is incredible. Um, and we've got we've got him for so much so much longer as well. And as you say, the passion that he showed when, when he did make the catch was just unbelievable. But almost at the same time, not surprising that he did pull something like that off as well, because um, he's, oh, he's such an exceptional talent. This this is the thing I think. I mean, don't forget he's obviously playing out of position. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a right fielder. He's a Gold Glove right fielder. Has he won? Has he won three already? Um, uh, you know he's going to continue to win them for another probably seven, eight, ten years, um, eight, and he's they've just sort of said right, Bellage is injured, um, Pollock's uh, Pollock's down at the moment as well, um, so they've they've just said right, Mookie, uh, go play, go play centre field, and you know, and yeah, he's he's just gone into it like he's been playing there his whole life, um, kind of makes I mean, obviously he's. He's always had the pace. He's always had the. He clearly reads the ball very well off the bat, um, and it obviously he was playing alongside Jackie Bradley Jr. for a long time in Boston, uh, and you know maybe he 
maybe if he wasn't, maybe he'd have been a centre fielder a lot sooner. Um, and I think now, uh, I think now he's showing that that versatility that that he's not had the opportunity to to do too much in the past. I think I can I can I can see that being a fairly consistent thing over the next well for as long as we've got Bellinger. I can see if Bellinger. Uh, misses a, a few games, has some time on the IL. I can see bets moving over because it, it, it is easier to fill to fill right field than uh, than than centre field. You'd probably say. Yeah, I think you would. Uh, I, I was just trying to look for the stat cast on the catch, and I can't find it. But it was a ten percent catch probability rating, which I think that shows you how good it was. I think he, I think he moved like fifty-two feet or something ridiculous like that. I mean, the, the fact that you haven't really seen the Statcast data again shows that it's just a Mookie Betts catch, whereas anyone else that is one of the best best catches in baseball that you'll see. It, it won't. We were, we probably won't see it replacing those MLB flashback moments, but it was it was you know it's just extraordinary. And as I say, the the fact that the Statcast seems to be missing for it, you know, makes you think that everyone just expects it. Of Mookie, MLB maybe expected of Mookie to to pull off something so incredible. Mm, yeah, he is bloody good. Should we do uh, predictions for the coming week? Yeah, we can do that. We've been doing it for we've been doing it for a while. So uh, next week we've got, I suppose, are we including tonight? So we've got another another game in San Diego, uh, followed by two in. It must be three, three in Seattle, right? No, it's two in Seattle. Is it two in Seattle? I yeah, thought, I, thought is, I'd written, yeah. I thought I'd written it. I thought I'd written it down wrong. Yeah, no, so, I, when so, I saw it earlier, I thought, oh, that's a bit odd. There's only two games, but no, it is definitely two. Yeah, so so two in Seattle, and then another two in uh, in uh, sorry, another two at home this time to to San Diego. Into I think we're it probably is a, a three game series, but in terms of the week that we're looking at, um, so yeah, so we've got. Uh, away at San Diego, two away at Seattle, two home at San Diego. So we've got five games. Um, so I'm going to go. I think we, we, um, we've actually got we've four games set against the Padres. So we're playing on Thursday night as well, according to uh, uh, to the app. Um, All right. Okay. Fine. Which I, I thought was a three game series as well. Um, but just, yeah, an extra top opportunity to inflict a little bit of pain on the, uh, on the Padres isn't a bad thing. <laughs> right. So we've got. Six, so we've got six to choose from. Um, I'll, I feel like I, I think I feel like every time so far I've gone last and that might give me a, an advantage, which is why I keep getting virtually everything right. So I'm, I'm going to go first. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that we are going to win tonight, we're going to win both in Seattle, and then we're uh, two. And then we're going to, in the three games that are relevant for this week, um, I'm going to go for, we're going to win two, lose one. So that's uh, five, five and one. Five and one for, for, the, for the next. I'm going to go for, uh, every, time I, every time I do this, I feel like I'm massively going back on my original prediction for the season, um, where I thought we would, all, we would win less than 100 games. Because the way we're playing right now is... How do you pick anything less? It's tough because sometimes you look at the uh, the fixtures and you're like, I, f- I feel like I have to predict a defeat here just to be sporting. Um, again, I think if we're going to lose one, it's probably going to be tonight. Um, obviously, the Blake Snell factor, uh, given what you know what happened in the World Series, he's going to be ready to go. Uh, and he had a very, very short start last time out as well. 
So I think I think they're going to again just put everything into beating us tonight. I think we'll we'll, we'll take both games against Seattle uh, and then win the first two against the Padres. So I'm going to go. Uh, what's that? How many games in total are we do? Six. Six. Yeah. Six. Well, let's take take the first three in against the Padres at Dodger Stadium. So I'll go five and one as well. Oh, very optimistic. I was going to go four and two. Uh, I think we will lose two games against the Padres. I think tonight we'll lose, and I think we'll lose the first one next Thursday. But I think we'll beat Seattle easily. It, it, it's a it's a kind of a tough one because I think you look at it and you go right. Well, because th- some of the teams that we've put out this week um, have have not been have not been close to our best, um, but yet we're we're still getting the results. So it's hard not to predict wins. But some of the most successful teams in baseball history, um, they lose at a ratio far greater than uh, than we keep predicting, uh, or, or I keep predicting. Um, but so, that's why um, I've gone for the four and two because we've got to lose two games at some point in a week. So I, I kind of feel like we're going to keep dominating and then go have have like a horrible month. Um, where, yeah, well, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. When the Giants come to town, that's probably when it all go pear shaped, isn't it? As long as it's not like that one fifteen stretch that we had in twenty seventeen, which was just after after playing the best baseball, you know, almost in history for a for a two month stretch, we then just were just bloody awful for a for sixteen games, and yeah, lost fifteen of them. I think it was. Yeah, that was yeah. mad. Just insane. Just didn't make any sense, but we still still got to the World Series. All right, so looking at UK times, uh, I can only see one game this week, which is a, a nice, reasonable hour. Uh, that's Tuesday night against the Mariners at 10 past nine. And everything else looks like it's three, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I think the, the earliest one's the, uh, the the Sunday game, and I think that's probably on Fox Sport looking at the time of it. Um, yeah, I would guess so, yeah. 10, 10 past, or well, eight minutes past midnight, which is still pretty, that's, that's really early for us, to be fair. Um, yeah, I, I find that midnight games are the hardest games though. Nine o'clock I can do. I'll stay awake and fall asleep at the end. Midnight I cannot do. Three o'clock I can get up at three o'clock. That's easy. But midnight games I just cannot do. They are the hardest. Yeah, I think we're yeah. so for that ten past three start, aren't we? That, uh... That's it. I tend to go to bed about ten, um, try and get five hours sleep in, um, and then you know what? I don't know. It, it depends. It <laughs> depends on the on the magnitude of the game. Um, but um, more often than not, I will I will set an alarm for uh, for about five past three, put my phone on and and just watch it and just watch it in bed. But um, for the big games, I've been known to get up and get the snacks on and uh, get on the TV and watch it all properly. But yeah, as long as I get like that sort of five hours in, and then I like to think that I can. I always kid myself that I'll get another three after the game's finished. I, I barely get half an hour usually. They just seem to. They just seem to drag on they just seem to drag drag on to the wrong for it you know they just seem to finish quite close to seven o'clock and you know that's when i get up yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm normally on the way to work when the game finishes which is quite nice uh, right um and the only other bit of business uh, i think we should talk about is um fanatics pricing of the old baseball caps yeah that was, that was a funny one um it's bizarre because obviously we, we, I think we all get super excited when those jerseys got released on the MLB sort of a Europe shop, which is obviously run by Fanatics. Um, and the jersey prices were, were the same price that you'd, you'd pay um, for a jersey anyway. Um, whereas with the caps, they put an, a ridiculous markup on them. 
Uh, so what you're looking at, sort of, you know, I think it's 57 or 52 pounds. 50, 50 odd quid, wasn't it? Yeah. Which uh, is just ludicrous. And then obviously I stumbled across the New Era website. With, 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 I say stumbled, I check it every day for, you know, but I've, I've got a, a complete addiction to buying Dodgers merchandise. And you go on there and it's, they were 30, 30 pounds. So yeah, if anyone listening, um, double check the, uh, the, the New Era website before sort of committing to, to paying £52, which is just an unfair price, really. Um, I think we've all sort of had that conversation as well, uh, which is just shop around a little and uh, ask us, because I think, you know, just look at us all now, we're sort of draped in Dodgers gear. Uh, I think we have been for all the uh, the podcasts as well so far. Um, so if there's any questions that you need uh, need answering about merchandise, just, just drop us a tweet and uh, collectively we'll find you a, a, a good deal somehow. Yeah, I'll give a little shout to Dugout Classics as well, actually, if I if if I can. Um, Dugout Classics is run by uh, a, a guy that I know quite well, Jason, um, and uh, it's it's not new gear, but he you know he gets in he gets in authentic you know he gets in authentic gear, um, t-shirts mainly, uh, jerseys as well, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's an awful lot of jerseys wise there's an awful lot of fakes out there and it's really easy it's really easy to get stung and sucked in by um uh, by a fake um dugout classics is usually second-hand gear or vintage gear i suppose whatever you want to call it um but it's a fair price um they don't pay us this is not a sponsorship thing i'm just saying i've bought a few things from there uh, it's worth checking out um last year they had a few jackie robinson tees on there but didn't have one in my size unfortunately um but it's 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 a great place to check out. All right, and I think that just about covers every talking point I can think of in the last week. So I reckon we should call that a night. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Cheers, Adam. Bye bye.